In this chair, I feel like I've been called into the principal's office. You have been called into the principal's <laughs> office. It's <laughs> It does look like that, actually. <laughs> the, like, wicker side. And I'm just sitting a little lower than you. Yeah. Have I been a bad boy? Ooh-woo. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Survivor Turning Back Time podcast. The- Jared, do you hear that? It's on the roof. Is it? Is it Jingle Bells? Oh no! Wait, it's Rory's comeuppance. Ah, they finally arrived. Ah, I am your host Stephen Levine with my co-host Jared Sheldon. Jared, what's on your roof? What's on my roof? Well, and happy, happy Christmas, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. I say I say Christmas because this is coming out on Christmas. Yes. And happy, happy holiday festivities all around. Yeah. Batman is on my roof. Oh. This actually, my roof has a perfect vantage point to the bat signal. So gotcha. sometimes he hangs out up there. I did not realize that Batman, like, moonlights in Chicago. I mean, Chicago is Arkham, according to the Dark Knight. According to the Dark Knight. Yeah, okay, that tracks. <laughs> Lower Whacker, man. There's yeah. a lot of crime going on. Although Arkham is supposed to be New York at its worst, like 70s, 80s, 90s mm-hmm. New York. That's what that's what I imagine. There are actually places in New York that are like called Arkham. I I think that might be where they got the name from, but I that might be apocryphal. Arkham or Gotham? Arkham. I know Gotham is like they use that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Arkham being like the the naming convention of like asylum and all of that, but uh, I think yeah. I don't okay. Know. Cool. <laughs> Just spouting off random bullshit, Just I guess. Random bullshit. That's that's our show. <laughs> Survivor turning back bullshit podcast. The Survivor random bullshit. What are you doing for the holidays, Steven? I am performing a show. Hey. hey. You opened last night. How did that go? I did. We opened last night. It It's weird because they call it... We've had... We have three different openings. We have a, a, a preview the first time with audience, a soft opening... And then our press opening today. Okay, so here's yesterday. Today is our press opening. What? Yeah. Okay. A preview <laughs> opening. So for those of you that aren't in theater, a preview is basically when the director's still on the show. They still have rehearsals, but audiences are seeing the show. Usually tickets are discounted. Audiences are told ahead of time, like, hey, we might have to stop the show. Very rarely does a show actually get stopped in a preview. Yeah. But... You know, hey, tech things might go wrong. Like, we're still working out the kinks, but this is sort of the, the you're seeing, it's in early access, basically. Oh, we get the beta? Yeah, it's a beta, which is really just because sometimes it takes, it started on Broadway, I think, because a lot of, it takes a lot of money to put up theater. <laughs> um, and sometimes it can take a long time to get a show to the point where you want the press to review it. Because most importantly, the press can't slash won't review a preview they won't they won't write a critique of it because Which is, it's still being worked out yeah honestly for the best because if it kind of toes that line of oh this is not finished or it's not quite there yet they still have to write the review yeah so then the opening is when hey that's the last time the director will be there there are no more rehearsals after this except if you're replacing a cast member under study rehearsal stuff like that the show is considered complete the third thing that you mentioned is bullshit <laughs> that you opened yesterday and it's a press opening tonight. I'm going to be 100% honest. I think it's because they 
the press wasn't available for the Friday. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, and that well, that makes sense. Yes, the night that you'll have press there, I yeah. guess. I don't know, man. <laughs> I I just work here. I just work here. I show up. I I perform when they tell me to. I dance. You I, dance well. I'm the, sure. the monkey claps the cymbals and I dance. <laughs> I thought you are you talking about in your brain? Sure. The monkey in your brain claps the cymbals? Sure. Or is there an actual monkey in the show clapping cymbals? Who's to say? You're going to have to buy tickets and find out. (laughs) (laughs) What's new with you? What are you doing for the holidays? Uh, I'm driving home to Michigan uh, for a few days, spending some time with some family. It will be low-key, thankfully. I got my Christmas shopping done yesterday, so that's good. Will it also be Thor? What? He says, oh, it's going to be Loki. It. It's going to be Thor. damn it. Steven. I'm here all week. <sighs> I, don't have any, I don't have that much exciting to talk about. Okay, that's it's fine. Not that I can talk about on mic. Going, so. going home is, is good. I'm sure the same with me. It's always a mixed bag going home. Like You get to see some people. You get to see your family. You know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop you because what you said, actually, I, I, I think I can sum it up in one sentence sure. in what you said. You get to see some people, and you have to see some people. Sure, 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 sure. Okay, that that tracks. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what else tracks? Emails. If you want to email us, feel free to do so. SurvivorTBT at gmail.com, or you can message us on Reddit, u slash SurvivorT, or on X at SurvivorTBT. It's so weird to say every time. That's I should stop weird. saying it, but the it is. The artist formerly known as Twitter. The artist formerly known as Twitter. Did you watch the uh, John Oliver takedown of Elon Musk? I've not yet. It, it It's interesting. It, it's not a takedown. It's more of a this is Elon Musk for I mean, better or worse. Basically, all of the last two years I've been in ecosystems, media ecosystems that are just people waiting in line to dunk on Elon Musk next. <laughs> so... I'm I am I'm happy to add one more name to the pile. Yeah. To sum it up, really, it's the uh, it's a shame that the best possible scenario at saving the world is Elon Musk. Yikes! I don't think it is. It, it, def- it, definitely it isn't. isn't. I uh, okay. Welcome to the Survivor Turning Back Time Comrade Hour again. <laughs> the more you learn about quote unquote successful people, the more you go, oh, they just had money. They just were born into money. Oh, like. Yeah. Oh, this! I, oh, I really this indie band. Wow, they really just like they they weren't planning on doing anything. It was like a small project, and wow, they really took the scene. And their dad's a record producer. Yes. Yeah. Oh, wow! Like, like Elon Musk got some really in, smart people to make a, a electric car that actually is terrible and catches on fire and <laughs> was recalled everywhere. But yeah. Oh, wow. Oh no, he just had he was born with billions of dollars in blood money. That'll do it. Cool. Yeah. Blood diamond money. Blood. And in case, I don't know, I don't think anything I said there is disputable, but just in case, I'll say allegedly. There you go. Allegedly. Allegedly blood diamond money. Yeah, so really it's just like his fascination with saving the world, but only if he can be the one to do it. That's a fucking supervillain origin story. Exactly. Yeah, okay. Anyway. That's fucking Thanos. Emails. (laughs) I'm on emails. First email from Tyler. Just a small correction, but Vanuatu would have been filmed in the summer, so All Stars would have finished airing by then. Oh, okay. Got it. Okay. Boston Rob is on Heroes vs. Villains, so that is one male villain so far. Okay. Just to recap so far, it's Colby, Rupert for the heroes, and Sandra, Jerry, Boston Rob for the villains. So we still have a a good chunk of people to, to grab. Yeah, that's true. And that makes sense, right? You're not going to bring back all, especially since All-Stars didn't do well. You're not going to bring back 
a bunch of people from All-Stars. Yeah, nor should you. Uh, every, every five years, we just run it back with the same <laughs> 16 people. <laughs> and the overall cast is an even split of five male and five females for both heroes and villains. Oh, okay, cool. The fact that so far it's all male heroes and mostly female villains is just how it worked out for the early season representation. But ultimately, it's even. Okay, cool. You guys may not end up feeling this way, but it's always it always seemed that Rory suddenly went from being kind of a villain on the guys' tribe to suddenly being kind of a hero on the swap tribe of mostly women. Even if it's more of an anti-hero, since he, he still has his fiery personality. To add to that, he did seem to suddenly get a lot better in challenges after the swap. If you really think about it, the optics are kind of awkward, since it's almost like the show is saying... The black man is the villain amongst white men, but the hero amongst women. Interesting. I I read that a different way. Okay. Though that is that's a really good note. It's an to point interesting out. take. Yeah. Yeah. I I didn't read Rory as a villain early in the season. I I sort of read him as a fool. Like he was the jester of the tribe. Mm-hmm. He was never taken seriously. He was always viewed to be the one in the outside of the dominant alliance, but mm-hmm. in the dominant alliance. Versus coming up into some adversity where he didn't have people he could just, like, kind of ride along and, and be there, Jester. I don't think he wanted to be, but was perceived that way. People he had to kind of, like, almost fight to stay with. And that probably explains also why he's better at the challenges in those. It also could have to do with the challenges, right? Like, sure. They, they once they mixed up the tribes, they weren't afraid to do more physical challenges. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, of course Rory's going to shine. Yeah. I see what you're saying. I I think of him more as like the antagonist than the villain of that early try. He was on the, he was the foil for a lot of people, but not purposefully. I just always felt like he was a goon. Like it was just like, oh yeah, he's the hired. He's like the the hired goon that gets bodied. Like he's the jobber. He was the one that they that the young guys were like, if we're gonna pick off anybody, it's gonna be Rory because he's fighting with Sarge, who's the main guy in charge. Yeah. <laughs> I rhymed. To continue where that left off, I don't think the show meant anything by this, and honestly think it's more that he was the target by the underdogs to potentially change things up on his original tribe by knocking him out of a dominant position to suddenly becoming the underdog himself after the swap. But it's still something to think about. Yeah, that's a more interesting story, right? Going from being the person that's presumed to be the target every time but is not like there's no actual threat to him versus somebody that is you're right an underdog having to fight and claw his way back yes and then uh it's not until season 18 so you have plenty of time to get the pronunciation right i heard someone say this the other day and i was like i have been saying this wrong for a long time uh survivor 18 i said tocantis it is token sheens token sheens i was always tocantis okay yeah, exactly uh i I don't know. I always look at that one and I read it phonetically, and it is not. Huh. Can't wait for this week. Thank you, Tyler. From Josh, just two quick things. One, I have the DVD season for this season, and it contains the cut scene of Lisa singing Christian hymns <gasps> as Da leaves that Carl mentioned and couldn't find in the email. Beautiful. Hell yeah. Thank you, Josh. Two. That's so cringy. Small thing, but the version of the grudge you talked about is the American-made remake, which is not reviewed as positively as the Japanese original. Oh, okay. 
So there you go. I didn't realize it was a remake. I thought it was, I mean, I knew it was a, a Japanese, like originally Japanese movie. It's based like the, um, it's based on like Japanese folklore, but I thought it was just like a localization. I didn't realize it was a full on remake. Do yeah, you, that makes uh, a lot more sense. Do you want to guess the Rotten Tomatoes score <sighs> of the original Japanese? Oh, fuck, Steven. You pulled an Uno reverse I on me. I did. Well, he provided the link and everything, so I am all for it. Uh, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say 85 audience, 80 critic. Wow, you hit the critic score dead on. Nice, 80 for the critic, but the uh, audience score was a 62. Oh wow, okay. So, but you're in the ballpark, so good job. Thank you, Josh. That's good stuff. From Carl, Carl's episode six email. Had a random thought. If you need more ranking ideas for the future, you could always rank the logos for the different seasons. Fascinating. It It is fascinating. There, why I hesitate with this is there are a lot of them, and there have slight just subtle differences. differences. Yeah. Be, because the general ideas that you have, the general ideas. I should have known, there's the oval with Survivor, and then the rest is kind of fill-in. It limits your creativity of those logos. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, listen, we as humans love putting things in boxes. We love categorizing things into boxes and ranking them. (laughs) But I don't know that we need that many more. Oh, but we can and we will. (laughs) Eventually, we'll have another bonus Rankapalooza episode. But we'll get there when we get there. Anyways, I'm glad we're all loving Rory. He's definitely one of my favorites in this season. Such a cockroach. (laughs) Yeah. And then picture the episode is Rory doing being giddy. He's so good. He's he's I I do enjoy Rory. Thank you. Notes: Did y'all catch Rory using a bunch of slave terminology in his speech to the women? Yes. I won't continue to slave around camp saying he's on the auction block instead of the chopping block. Yes, I wrote that down. And I forgot to talk about it. Yes, the ac- yes, the the auction block comment. I went Wait, like I couldn't tell if that was a slip or if that was on purpose, and I think it was probably on purpose. That's what, yeah, that's what Carl's saying. Is it? I have to imagine this was an intentional part of his guilt trip plan. What an insane, convoluted plan for no, like for such a limited upside. Hey, it worked. Did it? I don't know. I don't think it did. The results speak for themselves, Jared. He was still there. Sure. If I shoot a gun into the air and then it rains tomorrow, that doesn't mean I shot the clouds into raining. Like, just because he did something and something happened doesn't mean that he caused it to happen. Uh, Causation, causality. What's the difference? Jesus Christ. (laughs) I have heard secondhand that Amy said she didn't trust Lisa because she flipped on the Young Girls Alliance before, and she used Hmm. her comment as ammo to convince the others to vote her out. I feel like that's a half-truth because she definitely seems to react emotionally toward the comment in the episode, but it... Could also be true that she was thinking of voting for Lisa for a while. Yeah, if she, I mean, if she didn't trust her already or was already skeptical of her and then was given this comment that made her even more skeptical and she took personally. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I'm going to take you out. All right. (laughs) For what it's worth, I think Scout made Lisa swear on the Bible, not Amy. Just seems like more of a Scout thing to do anyway. Oh, yeah, that's true. I think it was Scout, probably. Uh, it's interesting that Scout is a normal leader of Yasser, but doesn't seem to have any actual power over the vote. She wants Eliza gone here, but no one is interested. So you're surprised that the old hippie lady named Scout 
doesn't rule with an authoritarian fist and lets every and does more of a like vibes like vote for who you vote your conscience type of deal. It, it it does seem a little different for Survivor in that the person who is your emotional leader, the person kind of bringing everyone together, is not dictating the vote. I think that's kind of smart. Oh, I think so too. I think that's the best place you could be. That yes, and that's actually probably some something that people should look back on in modern seasons. Look back at Scout's game and go hey, how do I stay out of the crosshairs while being vital? Like, if you can be the counselor or, like, the the mediator for your alliance where you're probably never going to piss every, anyone off mm-hmm. to go home and, like, everyone you, uses you as a sounding board, but you're not having to whip votes, that's kind of the best of both worlds. Mm-hmm. I have I have a lot of thoughts, but I feel like it shows my hand, so I'm going okay. to hold off on those but yeah i i have a lot of a lot of places i could go with that and it really is kind of impressive too we see it in this vote that scout keeps her alliance together and probably not just scout but Mm -hmm. scout keeps her alliance together despite being on the wrong side of the vote on yasser Mm -hmm. she votes with lisa Mm -hmm. and it is not even a point of conversation that we see nobody holds it against her that is a superpower and nobody wants her gone yeah Things I liked. He's sitting over there on his pity pot. Hopefully he'll wipe his ass and get off. <laughs> Scout, always good for at least one quote an episode. We do we do need those people in this show, yes. right? The quoter. My apologies for the horrible things I said to you in my mind last night, Rory. Yes, that's and and they chopped that to do do him so dirty on the on the last time. My on. apologies for the horrible things I did last night. Rory in his speech saying the first thing the guys will think when they see Bubba's gone is that he sold Bubba out instead of just assuming that Rory and Bubba lost the numbers, which is pretty much what everybody would assume. Yeah, again, Rory's trying to do so many things and he's so he just doesn't understand the game that he's playing. I guess there is part of it, too. That's a little that's a little self-deprecating and like there's no way they'd get rid of Bubba first, so Rory must have sold him out. Yeah. Ooh. Rory would 100% be the target. <laughs> I think I just found my tiny little crack. Good for you, Rory. Good for you. <laughs> yeah. And then one final note that's just for me at the bottom. Thank you. Thank you so much. Let's do... I'm going to do one more email and then just get on with it. One more from Tyler. Tyler, in 2008, Lisa was a contestant on The Price is Right, where she won a Jeep Wrangler, hockey equipment, and $230. (laughs) (laughs) The $230 there is so funny. I don't know why. It it really is. I, I don't know. Just here's some stuff, like a big car, hockey equipment. Here's some chump change. Here's cab fare. I, guess, I know it's more than cap. Yeah, but. 230 bucks is, is nothing to, like, if someone offered me 230 bucks, I'd be like, yes, please, give me that. Yeah, if but I also, went on a game show and they gave me 230 bucks, I'd be pretty pissed. <laughs> like, did, can, I, can I have more? <laughs> cool. And we have a few more emails, but we'll get to that next time. Jared, anything you'd like to say before we go on with the Christmas bumper? I Ooh, do you have a Christmas bumper? I don't know. We're going to find out. All right. I don't understand this season at all i i feel like i'm watching a sitcom not a season of survivor (laughs) would you care to elaborate that's why we have the episode christmas bumper 
All right, so this episode came out on November 4th of 2004. A couple things happened in the week between episodes. First is Arabic news network Al Jazeera broadcasts an excerpt from a video of Osama bin Laden in which the terrorist leader first admits direct responsibility for the September 11th attacks and references the 2004 presidential election. I wonder who he endorsed. <laughs> uh, that's a wild and crazy thing to have happened. Can you just can you imagine? Because I'm sure like Al Jazeera broadcasts it, but like I'm CNN, MSNBC. Like I'm sure every news network like picked it up to be uh-huh. like, look what just ha- look what just came through. Look at that shit that we just saw. I wonder what Osama bin Laden had to say about the 2004 election, and I'm not going to look it up because I don't want to go on a watch list. <laughs> well, part of me is. Had this happened now, I feel like I I would know where he would stand as far as election goes. But at the time, I'm not entirely sure. Uh, unless he saw, like, I don't know. Who was the 2004 nominee for the Democrats? Uh, John Kerry. John Kerry. Okay. Yeah, I don't know that he would see John Kerry as, like, a strong leader to be afraid of. I And then you also have to think of, like, reverse psychology if you know oh we're playing 3d chess here was he who's to say i don't know either okay i, I don't even know who like he said we don't know we're not gonna look it up i i don't yeah although fun fact about osama bin laden <laughs> which is what you come to survivor podcast for <laughs> uh do you know that when he was found he had like uh like hard drives upon hard drives of first of all like anime like no oh way. yeah no dude is watching like uh, was watching like Evangelion and shit, and also like hentai. Okay, well, <laughs> all right, yeah. Uh, Osama bin Laden was a weeb. Look it up. Look it up. And then, speaking of that election, George W. Bush is reelected as president of the United States, defeating John Kerry. The only time that a Republican has won the popular vote to become president since George H. W. Bush. Mm-hmm. But we've had several Republican administrations since then. Jared, you seem to be hinting that the system doesn't always benefit the uh, majority here. I don't know what you're talking about. Direct democracy forever. (laughs) Number one song was My Boo by Usher and Alicia Keys still. And the top five movies. We're going to talk about number five. Number four was Saw. Number three was The Grudge. Number two was Ray. Number one was The Incredibles. Oh, yay. The Incredibles came out around this uh, on this week. I do like The Incredibles. That's a good movie. It's really good. The second one left something to be desired, in my opinion. Okay, yeah. It's fine. I see that. I, I called the twist of the second one from, like, the minute that character showed up. I'm like, wow, you're really heavy-handing this. I just, I really think it was just striking while the iron is cold. Like, they needed they needed to do something different because it had been so long, and they just kind of still made the second one. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Direct uh, sequel from exactly where the first one left off? Yeah, yeah. I would like to have seen something different. Anyway. Uh, the number five movie is Alfie. Have you heard of Alfie, Stephen? I don't know what Alfie is. So apparently it's a remake, which I didn't know. British-born ladies' man Alfie, played by Jude Law, exploits his job as a New York City limousine driver to meet and sleep with attractive women, which infuriates his pseudo-girlfriend, Julie, played by Marissa Tommy. Uh, to May. To May, yep. That's, that's, uh, that's sexy Aunt May. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. His pseudo-girlfriend, also known as Situationship in today's language, who is a single mom. His libertine lifestyles interrupted, however, when his girl-crazy ways end up hurting his best friend Marlon, Omar Epps. Desperate, Alfie attempts a go at monogamy with the ravishing Nikki, Sienna Miller, but even her good looks aren't enough to keep him out of trouble for long. 
So it's a comedy? What in the world is going on with this movie? It About fe- womanizing. It feels it so it's it's hitch but not good. It's hitch. I don't even know that hitch was good. Uh, I yeah, shouldn't say it, that. It's hitch, but what if we just exploited everyone? <laughs> I guess. Sure. What do you think the Rotten Tomatoes is on this, Steven? It doesn't sound good, Jared. It doesn't sound like it's a movie that... It like, doesn't even know what it is. It's a comedy slash drama. Yeah, and there's too many people and too many things going on. So I'm going to go with a critic score of 32 and an audience score of 40. You're a little low. Wow. A critic score of 48 and an audience score of 51. I d- it's still not certified fresh, but that sitting around 50% feels too high. I, d- I did shoot a little low, hoping that it would be a dramatic shift, but yeah. Yeah, here's... Uh, I'm going to I'm gonna read the critics' consensus, which I usually don't. This unnecessary remake wants Alfie to have his cake and eat it too, but a lack of sexual fizz and a sour performance by Jude Law conspire to deliver audiences a romantic comedy that isn't romantic or funny. Oh, I hate it when my Jude Law goes sour. (laughs) You gotta look at the Best Buy dates on your Jude Laws. (laughs) Where do you you get Jude Law? From any school with a postgraduate degree. (laughs) Injustice. Oh, man, we're mixing our metaphors. Let's, uh, <laughs> anything else you want to say? Uh, no. Except for this entire episode. All right, let's talk about. There's a lot to say. Let's talk about this entire episode. Episode eight. Now the battle really begins. This, I know I said it before about the Uncanny Valley. This season just does not feel like Survivor. Why? The, nothing, it all is just off. It's just a little wrong. And, I, like, nothing is happening, and yet there's still, like, the the most entertaining things have nothing to do with Survivor. Mm-hmm. The most entertaining things in this season are just Rory. Also, we backseated Eliza a lot in sure. the last few episodes, and I now am, like, does she win? <laughs> she might win. Does she win? I think she might win. Okay, well, hold your winner predictions, because yeah, yeah. we're going to get to that. That's a whole other thing. I, I It's like a hazelnut-flavored turd. We're like, there's like, there's like some complex flavors that are like, oh yeah, there's some, something interesting here, but you're still eating shit. What a striking metaphor you're going with here. Yeah. Wow. I guess it's simile because you use like or as. Sure. <laughs> yeah, those, that's my vibe check on where the season's at at the merge. Okay. All right. Well. It's, listen, I, as a viewer, I would rather watch this season than All-Stars. Really? Straight up. Okay. It it does have that like comfy sitcom-y approach. There is entertainment to be had. Mm-hmm. If I want if I'm watching f- to feel good and to enjoy what I'm seeing, I'm watching this season. If I'm watching to watch Survivor, <laughs> I'm watching most other seasons. If you're watching for gameplay, I don't know that this is the season for that. And the editing this season is awful. Ooh, why? But it, do you it's, have it, examples? Yes, this episode. Okay. It has its bright spots. And I think a lot of the Rory stuff is its bright spots. But, like, do you remember any conversations this episode of the Women's Alliance staying together between more than, like, one or two women? Like, they, they clearly were all on the same page, mm-hmm. and we did not get to see any of that i'm not saying they have to tell us everything like there is some value in being in having a surprise at the end and there being a a surprise that like wow they were all together but 
it didn't feel like it was even really hinted at. Like this whole episode of alliances and all that felt really messy in a way that didn't feel intentional. Felt like they just couldn't tell the story clearly. Yeah, I see what you're saying, and I think you hinted on as to why they chose to go that direction is I think they wanted to do the storytelling perspective from the guys and that the audience is sitting there riding with, okay, I think that there's this possibility that like, oh, we have our set crew here and we're in good shape. We just need these two ladies to go with what we want them to. And then like, there's a hint of, well, they're a little too close to these ladies. Maybe, uh, Maybe we have some cause for concern. No, 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 we're fine. Boom, blindside. Yeah, and like they kind of like uses the foreshadowing of Twyla and Julie earlier to like pull a feint and be like, actually, they never were with the guys at all. But we didn't get any foreshadowing of like, but what if they're still with the ladies? So it kind of felt like it came out of left field. And I'm, I'm not. I, I'd like the result. Mm-hmm. I'm just. It feels like a failure of the storytelling. Yeah, I. I had a thought, but I have ADHD. <laughs> At its most generous, they tried to, by telling it from the guy's perspective, they tried to pull a supply, a surprise and blindside us. Mm-hmm. At its least generous, Survivor has a hard time focusing the narrative on women. Not speci- like sometimes like they can specific women but like there are entertaining women on that tribe Mm -hmm. in fact i would say most of them are that are left at this point amy is in a void isn't super entertaining you kind of need something to set amy off she when she's alone she's very like almost like i've talked about before like press conferency like straight to the straight to the point you kind of need some drama to get amy going Uh uh-huh but like I would listen to Scout talk. Yeah. Oh, all yeah. Day. Eliza's entertaining. I love Twyla. And Julie is probably secretly the funniest and smartest <laughs> person on this show. And yet their combined camera time this episode is like five minutes. I agree. They, they're really not using the Yasser women for any narrative in this episode. Yeah. And... Obstensively, they are in the power position now. Uh-huh. This episode comes in with six women, four men. It ends with six women, three men. Sure. The next two to three episodes should go in a very specific direction. What direction do you think it's going, Jaren? <laughs> I mean, there could always be a mix-up. Mm-hmm. But and like my gut says like we, we've spent so much time with the guys that there's no way that they just knock them out one at a time. Go, you know, whatever order of Sarge, Chad, and Chris— why wouldn't they? Strategically speaking, there's no reason not to. If it goes that direction, I will feel like I haven't seen anything from the people that are left in the game. Sure. Or have seen too little from the people that are left in the game. Yeah. I'm sorry, what was that order one more time that I, you I said whatever I said whatever order of and named the three guys. Sure. I, I have uh, no idea what order they go okay. in. Okay. It I would guess Chad's probably the next one. Maybe Sarge. Yeah. I mean, I don't think I mean, it could be any of them. They're all pretty equal at the challenges. I don't know. What a Chad. What a Chad. (laughs) I love that Chad has become an internet meme. That's great. For just a name. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, we should talk about the episode. Episode starts with 
Lapevi. We're hanging out at Lapevi, and Sarge is like, "Yeah, we trust each other now." Oh, this is great. Julie is like having a snuggle party with Sarge, getting all comfortable between the legs, and we just spend the next like five minutes ragging on that. Yeah, I mean, listen, good for you, Julie. Use it. Why not? Uh-huh. Sarge, you're creepy. That's it's every time this interactions come up, it's like, yeah, all right. <laughs> I don't go with creepy, but it's clearly consensual between both. Uh, fair, here. fair. Sarge, you're weird and awkward. <laughs> uh, as an awkward human, I'm there with you, so thank you. Chad's like, yeah, remember Ginger and Gilligan's Island? That's that's what we're comparing Julie to here. And then we have the whole uh, drop your pants scene on the beach. Yeah. It's funny to me. It's, it's weird, but it, it's funny. It is weird, but it, once again, it's all consensual. Yeah. Everyone's having fun with it. No one feels like, oh, this is something I feel forced into. No, and like, good on you, Julie. Like, like I've always said, like, yeah, use whatever, use whatever you want at your disposal to, to win this game. Yeah, so it's Twyla, Julie, and... Um, Sarge and Sarge on the beach, and they all drop their pants. And from the the beach, Chad and Chris are like, "Oh my God, Sarge, put the thing away! What are you doing?" I. That's pretty funny. Julie's a bad influence. Yeah, yeah. That that part was pretty funny. Sarge talks about like having been to Europe. That that was his excuse for like, yeah, everyone was uncomfortable. The two guys were uncomfortable, but I wasn't uncomfortable. I've been to Europe. Sure. <laughs> I think that's going to be my new excuse for everything. <laughs> Stephen, why are you late? I've been to Europe. I've been to Europe. <laughs> Stephen, you committed a crime, a murder. Yeah, I've been to Europe. Well, the crime, the murder was in Europe, so that that tracks. Oh, you're getting expedited. What the twist. <laughs> what a twist. And then to tie it all together with a bow, Julie's like, yeah, if these boys want to keep me around for visual stimulation, then I have it in the bag. Again, go. Use your power. Go, you girl boss. Uh-huh. Like I'm sure that there is, but like this was not looked upon positively with a 2004 audience. I'm sure they saw it as like, a, like, oh, Jezebel, like you are manipulative, blah blah. <laughs> this is no different than being a big strong guy and being like, I'm gonna fucking work around camp. Mm-hmm. Like you are using your body mm-hmm. to stay in the game. Use your strengths. Use the things yep. that you can to get through this game. I'm all for it. Yeah, sir. Rory, Rory's complaining. Scout and I do all the work, and let me just list off these other people because they're driving me nuts. Leanne wakes up crabby, even though we have food and coffee and things for I her I straight to up not. forgot Leanne was still in this game. <laughs> That's how little of the women we've seen. Eliza is a child and is struggling to boil water. And I'm watching this, and I'm like, I don't know if I... This feels like an untrustworthy narrative or narrator. Yeah, I mean, Rory is all over the place. Yeah. Rory is the least reliable narrator we may have seen in Survivor, (laughs) except for Boston Rob. Amy is taking advantage of her queen role, and Rory just wants to be around some dudes. I actually did uh, notice a couple episodes ago, but I didn't say anything because I forgot. Amy kind of looks like Sarah from Marquesas. A little bit. Yeah. It doesn't help that I think they're wearing the same color, like that like very specific like bright blue. But yeah. I can't remember what Sarah was wearing, but... In my mind, that's what she was wearing. Sure, why not? Yeah. So then we jump to a reward. Before we do that, I knew it. I why knew are you, it. Why are you boiling plantains? I don't know. Fry them. Sure. Do they have a? Oh. Well, you you or use like a like a quarter inch of water. Yeah. Don't. You want like mushy boiled. 
plantains? I don't know. What are... <laughs> Why? Do, maybe they, like, mash them and do, like, a plantain mash. Ew. I don't know. Are you a plantain aficionado here? No, but have you ever eaten a soggy banana? That, I imagine that tastes fucking awful. Probably. And I have had enough Cuban food with fried plantains. And okay. They are very good. I didn't know that was a part of Cuban cuisine. Oh, yeah. yeah okay. Uh, that pretty much is it. That's all I want to yell <laughs> That's at. That's what I wanted to yell yeah. at. Okay, yeah. We get to the reward, and we have a big reaction to the vote. I think this is our first signal that things are not so great for you guys, huh? Yeah, we get some interesting pre-reward banter mm-hmm. of between Scout and... Or mostly with Scout, of being like, ah... Oh, my girl, she's huh. safe. Twyla's still there. And then continues to go on. That, oh, I was so nervous that Twyla would be gone. I had a dream about her. I was, <laughs> I, she was crying and I was crying. And Twyla was sitting there like itching. Stop, stop talking. So the fact You're that these getting... men are idiots and the fact that Scout is a weirdo hippie is the only circumstance in which this works. <laughs> Well, we're lucky that I feel like the merge the merge happens because a lot of people's asses were exposed here. Literally. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there you go. Anyway, to the point where Jeff calls it out and is like, Twilight, what was that? Yeah. <laughs> you realize you're on different tribes here, right? Uh, all right. We're, we're going to play this reward challenge and you're going to get wet. Okay. Jeff hard stops. You're throwing buckets. You're on like little posts. You have to throw a bucket. The entire bucket, not the water, and then the last person has to catch it in a different bucket and de- deposit it in a final bucket. There's a lot of buckets. Sure. <laughs> this challenge is set up for people to fail. Oh yeah, it's set up for it's. It is a challenge made for people to get mad at each other. Yeah. And specifically in this case, for Rory to get mad at Amy. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I, Amy was so bad at this fucking challenge. Amy was very bad, and I don't know why you put her last. You don't know you're bad yeah, at it until why. you actually do it. But I, I think why did they put Amy and Rory next to each other? That's a good question. <laughs> the the crazy thing to me is like she never even tried to get better. Like the the reason that she was so bad at it is she threw the water directly at Rory. Mm-hmm. You have to throw the water up. You have to give it an arc. Yeah, and she would just like yeet water directly at him. Yeah, and that's and Rory tries so hard to win this challenge too. He is like he is wringing water out of his fucking clothes to try to make this work and it, it's just not enough well, the problem is he's being hit more than the bucket is so yep. he's, he's taking the water off of himself and putting it in the bucket and for a while they keep it close but yeah you can only the other team lapevi gets better at it and <laughs> yes or just doesn't i wrote down a, and i put it in quotes but i can't remember what this was referring to hey jeff this is bullshit or this is horse shit does somebody say something along those lines or have that? I'm struggling to remember from that point in the challenge. I have literally no idea what you're talking about. All right. Well, <laughs> never mind. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, LePevy wins. LePevy wins. And really that Amy to Rory connection is the the kicker that yeah. won it. Uh, they win chocolate chip cookies, milk, and a big ass cake that we don't see them enjoy at all. True. Yeah. Uh, that would make you shit your fucking pants. Oh, and Sarge does. Sarge is waking up, and he's like, oh, no. Bubble guts. I ate too much chocolate. Yeah, uh, for me, immediate diabetic ketoacidosis. <laughs> yeah, you're, uh, 
this is once again you can't go on Survivor. <laughs> Maybe for them too. Actually, they've had so such a little food that this could also send them into ketoacidosis. That is true. That's a good point. Okay. <laughs> so this is where Sarge is feeling miserable. Twyla's like, "Oh my God, Scout, you put me in such a bad spot." And then we get Chris and Chad talking to each other. They're like, "Hey, let's talk about the future." And Jewish security is with us. We're talking final twos here. Chet. So why are we getting, and maybe maybe something changes radically in the season. Uh-huh. Why are we getting this conversation if the guys are going to get picked off one at a time? Why does this conversation matter at fucking all? Like, why aren't we getting a conversation between some of the women that are deciding, like, hey, final two, final three? The only explanation I can think of is that they're not having those conversations. Sure. That they're just, that they are pot committed to a person that they are not going to talk strategy with each other until it's just them. Yeah, and I'm I'm seeing what the the show is trying to put here, and it's more on the, on the line of Chad is set. Chad knows what he wants to do here, and he feels comfortable in it. Chris is kind of a weird wild card mm-hmm. in that they're like, ah, Chris has a final two deal with everyone. Yeah, it's doing the Boston Rob thing again. Right, but. Again, why does any of this matter if these guys? So, like, unless they don't, unless they pull something out their ass, if maybe Chris goes on like a crazy immunity run or something, mm. maybe. But I just can't see any other world where this is important. Sure. This is like having a trilogy of movies. You're hyping it all up, and then halfway through the first movie, like after you've gotten all this backstory on this character, on the, the character that's the protagonist, he gets shot in the head, and then we go and follow somebody that we've never heard of before. <laughs> I kind of love movies like that, though, where you're like, what the fuck? It can work. Yeah. It doesn't work here. No. No. Yeah. I think, once again, we're, we're telling story from the guy's perspective to get blindsided by the audience. Go on. <laughs> I did like Chris saying that Chad has a leg up. That was, yes, I was going to that day. Ah! It's so good. And it's so genuine because yeah. they both are like, ah, ah. And Chris is apologizing profusely, and Chad's like, "No, it's I have so many puns. Like you don't, you don't even know, dude. If you have a if you have a disability like that, of course you do. Of course, you, I mean, like as somebody who has technically a disability, like I, I make diabetic jokes all the fucking time. I did it three minutes before in this podcast. Yeah, yeah, that's what you do. It's fun. It is fun. I'm gonna let you do it, Stephen, on the outside. I'll I'll play along. No, you listen. Here's like you you get you get the G pass. Oh, all right. <laughs> you can you you're an honorary diabetic. You can make diabetic jokes. I'm even. not gonna do that. <laughs> but I'll, I appreciate your. Give it a try one time here your, on mic. Your D pass. What's your what's your, give me your best diabetic joke, Stephen? Okay. Um. Uh, what's what's the deal with airline food? Um. It's too much sugar. Cancel him. <laughs> <laughs> yep, there it is. We found it. Oh. Uh, <laughs> So yeah, we we have so many alliances with Chris, and then we go into immunity challenge, kind of. Rory broke the idol. That's hilarious. Rory, in his slam of the idol at home, broke it, which is fine because we don't need it anymore. Drop your buffs. <laughs> We've never seen somebody break an idol before. That is so funny. <laughs> it really is. I. It also makes me wonder if like if idols have taken damage that they just like have backups ready to go. <laughs> See, usually I, I don't see the tribal immunity taking damage. It's the individual ones that usually get damaged. Because we fair. had the one that, like, burned a little bit. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I guess they don't have backups ready. 
does this this merge feels so phoned in? There's no pomp and circumstance. Mm-hmm. There's there's hardly a merge feast. <laughs> it's just like, yep, we're merging. Like Jeff doesn't even seem to care. I I think it's more on that line is that the show is trying to make it a big deal, and Jeff is like, I don't know, fucking merging. I've done this eight times. I want to be done doing this show. Yeah, get me out of here, please. Thank God this is Jeff's last season. <laughs> you actually don't know about the secret second host that they bring in for a few seasons? That Dude, that would be the wildest thing ever because I would not see it coming. Who do you think they would get? It has to be a former contestant, right? I would think so. Like, at this point, like, if Jeff were to leave the show after Vanuatu, it would probably be Colby. Yeah. Colby is the correct answer. Yeah. That would be 100% who it would be. Part of me wants to see Mountain Man Rupert. I, I thought about Rupert, but I was like, that's not the right guy to host your show. No, it, <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. And from an audience perspective, you'd be like, okay, what? But, again. Dark Horse, Jerry. I would love that. Yeah. Jerry would, like, keep shit together and play into the tea a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, Drop Your Buffs were together. Twyla convinces everyone to go to the guy's beach, which is interesting because I I feel like after all the things that Daw showed you. Yeah, I feel like it it's applicable in either beach. It is. So I, I think we we definitely see on the ladies' beach them eating sugarcane and like showing Rory how to get sugarcane. I can't remember if we've seen it on La Pevy Beach, but I it's it all seems pretty universal. Like these are the plants you're looking for. Like the biome's the same. And honestly, it might be better because you're you have a fresh place to search. True. You have more chances of less chance of you've eaten it dry. It also makes more sense in that like Twyla's lived on both beaches and Twyla is the person that does a lot of work. Yep. So like if you're in, on the women's side and you are have not been to the men's beach and Twyla goes, it's better over here. You go, okay, you got it. Sounds good. I believe you. Yeah. So then we're doing our individual immunity challenge. It is a water race is how Jeff describes it. Sure. You go out, you climb up a tower, you cross a beam, you grab a flag, you do that three times. This challenge sucks. (laughs) Talk to me. First of all, nobody moves with any urgency. Now it does look like it's exhausting. It doesn't seem like the, I, I, the perspective has to be off because it feels like the 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 thing you have to go climb that's out in the water is like 12 feet away from the beach. Like, it does not seem like it's that far out. But they are so exhausted mm-hmm. that I just have to say, okay, it, it's either like maybe the, the ocean is like there's a rough undercurrent. Like, I don't know. There has to be some reason why this is harder than it looks. This is, I think, an editing challenge. Because it is condensed in a way to make it like go by in a few minutes. We have multiple heats. We have a challenge that probably takes 15, 10, 15 minutes to do individually. Like for you to get out there, get up, grab the thing, swim back, and do it twice more. And the way it's cut it makes it has to go by in a minute or two yeah and also that's just another symptom of all of the challenges this season being way too long yeah wait a mixture of way too long and not elaborate enough for the length i agree yeah so but like even when they're like on the beach like swimming is hard i'm not whatever but like when they're on the beach they're just like walking 
Like, I'm like, knees to chest. This is immunity. <laughs> what are we doing here? And I think that they they were doing a good job of maintaining their energy because they have to do it again. Yeah. The people who were hustling were the ones in that 2-3 spot, which we saw a couple times. Yeah, I I also do wonder if Sarge doesn't win this if he goes home. If this literally just copies Amazon and it's like, okay, great. Like, what was his name? Uh, the guy who he passed not too long ago but gets voted off at the merge in Amazon, the, the leader. Uh, Roger. Roger, yep. If, it's, if we just Roger him, where it's like, <laughs> All right, you're the leader of the other alliance. Time to go home. Go away. Yeah. So first heat, Sarge and Eliza wins the second spot over Chris. Chris almost gets there. Yeah. They kind of like go battle it out back and forth, but Eliza gets it. In heat two, Chad is butterflying. Like it briefly shows that. him doing the butterfly stroke, and I'm like, okay, it makes thinking about it i'm like okay that makes sense you only really have good access to one of your legs to yeah 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 yeah. but like holy shit butterflying is not easy yeah that i wonder if if he's if that's the most efficient way for him to swim with only one leg maybe and i know there are prosthetic legs that are better for swimming yeah i don't know a lot about prosthetic legs um but that thing doesn't look like it's great for swimming no not at all yeah, uh, and he, he also, also falls off. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, like, has to pull himself back up, which very impressive. Hell of a save. Honestly, yeah. very impressive. He doesn't win. Uh, Rory and Amy move on from that heat. But, man, good effort on Chad. And then in our final, we have Rory, Amy, Sarge, and Eliza. And Sarge dominates this. Like, it's yeah. not even close. Yeah. To the point that editing is like, yeah, look at everybody else. Look at Sarge. <laughs> It's a done deal. God, I want Sarge to go home. <laughs> and then we have a moment. We go to commercial. We come back. Jared, did someone do drugs? I am. So I wrote down, what is this shot? <laughs> I This is my whoa shot. Because they're just flying through the jungle and like weaving back and forth for much longer than they should. Yeah. Why? I don't know. Did they just have to fill time? I th- I think that's that's it. Hey, Survivor. Yeah. Come in close. I'm, I'm Survivor in this scenario. Hi, Survivor. Hello. Instead of filling time with shots that make no sense, what if we learned anything about how any of the women feel about the merge and their plans moving forward? Can't do it. I need more jungle. All right. All right. <laughs> uh, also, I did write down, too, that, man, Scout just loves Twyla. Yeah. Deep down her heart of hearts, she loves Twyla. Yep. And we it's really funny what Scout says. I miss Twyla deep down in places I can't mention. Yes. Yeah. What what do you Scout? Are you Scout, are you horny for Twyla? Yeah, that's kind of what I'm getting here. Whatever. It's a merge feast. Yay. I, I will say, like, okay, so I this is now like if if you if you say that Scout Scout's horny for Twilight, which is how I read that. I don't uh-huh. know how else you're supposed to. That's now the second person this season that's been horny for Twilight. You know it, and was not expecting that to be the case. Twilight's got game. Was not expecting that to be the case. Hell yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Despite Twilight getting all the looks, we have merge feast, and Sarge is flying high. He's had some drinks. He's had some coffee. He's having a good time. And it all comes crashing down when Rory's like, hey, the women are together. 
we're fucked. Yeah. And we we spend time like trying to build it back up of like sure. no no yeah, no, yeah. we're not fucked. We have we have Twyla, we have Julie, we're fine. We're in a good place. All we need is the we need the minority from the Lepevi tribe. And Rory's like, the minority is me. Which is great. It's so funny. It's so unintentionally funny. <laughs> We're having all sorts of puns in this. Honestly, one. I kind of hope that he did that on purpose. <laughs> I am the minority. In I am the minority. Which is yes and yes. <laughs> You're correct. Sorry, I you wanted to say something in that. No, that's literally what I was gonna bring up. It's just yes. like, yeah, I I fucking like it's so unintentionally funny. Um, because I know what he's trying to say is like, no, no, you don't understand. They're all together, and I am the only I am the only reinforcement you have. <laughs> Yeah, and then we we show who our our new tribe name Alinta. We are people of the fire. They said Aboriginal. Do they mean like Native American? Do they mean no? I mean actual I, Aboriginal. That's a great question. I'm assume like Australia uses the term Aboriginal. Yeah. for their for their native people. I would not be surprised if that's the same in the Pacific Islands. I also wouldn't be surprised if that's just the word that they use because they're dumb white people. That no. don't know any better. That was Scout that said it. Oh, was Scout that said it? Okay, yeah. Or maybe, yeah, I mean, still. She she might not know the right word. Right. But yeah, the, the, the people that lived on Vanuatu before it was colonized. Okay. The Polynesian people. Yeah. And honestly, this is probably the most beautiful flag, like, tribe yeah. made flag I've ever seen. They're very good. Maybe, the, <laughs> maybe that's uh, part of the case of having that many women left. There was more chance for art. <laughs> that helps good artists yeah <sighs> so yeah eliza is real excited to have julie around they have been apart for a long time and they kind of bonded at the beginning and then they were pulled apart and sarge is getting nervous yeah you should who talks to julie here my notes aren't very good this episode clearly <laughs> i don't have a whole lot i i mean somebody was mansplaining strategy at julie we I think it might have been Chad. What I highlighted is that Twyla and Sarge are kind of talking a bit about who they want. Mm-hmm. And Twyla wants Rory. Yeah. Because they're like, oh, we get out Rory. We stay R5 strong. And because he is the biggest physical threat in this game. That's not on. That's not. LePevy. LePevy. Is Twyla playing him? I think Twyla's playing him. Or does she actually want to stay with LePevy? I don't, but that'd still be four. That'd still be four to five, unless she ropes in Julie. I don't know. It does feel like Rory and then the new LePevy have gotten so much of the screen time. I I can't parse it. It's not good storytelling. <laughs> I, can't, I can't tell what's going on. Help me. Yeah, it's it's all very interesting, but it, it kind of is, once again, another like, uh, she's not quite with you on this, Sarge. Yeah, we get the, the two swing votes in Julie and Twyla. Yeah. And Sarge goes on to say that I want Eliza out because I'm really nervous about Eliza infecting Julie. Oh, what? In- infecting. Taking her and, like, t- twisting her mind. Uh-huh. I didn't say it was a good analogy. No, no. I, I just... The way that Sarge talks about women makes me so uncomfortable. With, like, that Julie does not have agency. That Julie is not somebody that can make up her own mind. That mm-hmm. can take in her informa- can take in information and, and like, that you can 
make her a better deal than Eliza does. No, no. She'll be brainwashed. <laughs> she'll be, she'll be, uh, fucking Eliza will climb in there like a, like a fucking earwig and just like pull on the levers of the brain with her vagina magic. Oh like, my God. I, it, it drives me crazy. <laughs> yeah. And part of it is his life kind of depends on it. Yeah, it does. So I think that also helps with his, uh, nervousness in this but it's it's one it's another point of evidence of like sarge telling on himself and the type of people i don't care to know or like see on a tv show where he's just like you know before where he, he was talking about putting twilight in a dress yeah. and you know oh we'll we'll brainwash julie basically not like i'm worried julie's not with us no no i'm worried that eliza's going to steal her from us because julie is something i own as a man well, Jared, I, I man, I, I man, I caveman. I, I have control over all. Me saw butt, me <laughs> own butt. Ah, but anything else you want to say before tribal? No. Okay. Then I, I think what the show kind of leaves us with here is that Julie and Twyla have the agency of the entire show yeah, and get to decide where it goes. And then Tribal kind of doubles down on that. Uh, Julie, you mean Eliza's hand puppet, apparently? You just stick your hand up there. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. I'll stop now. Okay. And I don't know. Tribal's weird. Like, Jeff's... People are flirting with Jeff. Julie had the, like, heart with Jeff on it. Yeah. And I think this is our first instance of someone flirting with Jeff and Jeff being really uncomfortable with it. I think that's true. And he's like... Don't flirt with me. Don't waste your time. I can't help you in this that game. That was pretty funny. Yeah, I can't save you. I can't help you. What are you doing? I, th- I think it's very funny. <laughs> the other thing I pulled out is Amy be- being drilled about what her strengths and why she, like, what strengths she brings to this game and this tribe. And she's like, yeah, my uh, my good attitude. And, <laughs> and Ro- Rory sitting next to her like, Amy, gotta be kidding me. Amy, you do bring a lot of things to this game. I'm sure. It seems like you're a hard worker around camp. It seems like the people that you align with like you. It seems like you are honest to a fault. Uh huh. Your attitude's not it. I, I, I agree. I think Amy has so many strengths and so many qualities that are good for this game. And then you pick the one that I'm like, oh, maybe not that one. Yeah. And then we have a vote. And man, Chad's shocked face. If this is not the picture of the episode, I I'll be surprised. I will be surprised. He stopped getting away with it. He stopped getting away with it. Rory is gone. Insane that he and like and it's so Rory to get voted out one spot before the jury. Yeah. Yep. Yep. He was on the chopping block the entire season. <laughs> the mad lad. Mad lad. He did it. Why go for Rory here? That I don't understand. Like, Rory was not in the final four of the, or was he, of this competition. He didn't make the second leg, did he? He did make. He did. Okay, well, yeah. I guess that has something to do with it then. I don't know. I just, I feel like Chris is better at the challenges than Rory. I don't know. It's it's hit or miss. I think part of it is the frustrations that the, the women I think had. It's yeah, I think, it's, I think it's personal. <laughs> and part of it, I think they saw him, other than Sarge, as one of the bigger... The way he took charge of those last couple challenges and kind sure. of won them for the Yasser tribe, they see him as a dude can play for his life. He also... 
listen, of everyone that was left in the game at this point, Rory is the one I'd be wanting the least to sit next to at a final two. Mm. The fucking story of being on the chopping block for the entire season and making it to the final two, you should win unanimously. It's a good story. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, so I uh, pour one out. I love Rory. I cannot believe we spent so much of the season focusing on him for absolutely no reason. Rory's great. Rory is not coming back. That doesn't surprise me. No. This is one of those. He's a star that burned bright, but, you know, you burn too hot. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, honestly, once again, not a whole lot of stuff about Rory. I will kind of leave. God, everyone from this season just disappeared. Which they, God, I'm going back to the casting. They must have really done something dramatically different for casting um, as far as like who they were targeting and applicants they were seeking out. Because mm-hmm. we don't even have, usually there's somebody in the season or a couple people that want to be in Hollywood. They're, yeah. They're your... There are people that are there for, to be models or actors or whatever. I guess Mia kind of was, but I was gonna say Jared. They all got voted out very early in this <laughs> that's, game. That's true. But even like the regular people that you get are usually people in. I feel like more like high up or like not customer facing, like public facing mm-hmm. careers. Mm-hmm. Like two of our final nine are highway construction workers. Hell yeah. Like, that's fucking cool. I wish they maybe had found ones with a little... Well, no, Twilight's amazing. Chris is fine. They're not the problems of this season. There's so many problems with this season that I cannot diagnose because it's all... It's like a soup of stuff that just doesn't work. Yeah, I agree. And it it, it is weird that we get to the point where all of the quote-unquote normal people, as you put it, are left... And it becomes a room of normal people. But part of that makes you wonder if it's if it is editing even more than I've been saying because Hollywood editors, Hollywood, probably not cameramen. Cameramen are capturing so much that they're. It really would just be the editors uh-huh. and the storyboardists and the executives know how to frame somebody that wants to be in Hollywood. They know how to frame somebody that is that is like a Colby. Uh-huh. Somebody that's like a rich, somebody that's really big and flamboyant and like has has a large, larger than life personality, but they don't understand regular people. So what we're getting is regular people being regular, flawed, <laughs> messy people, and the show not being able to figure out what parts of that mess is important for us to see and what part of that mess doesn't actually tell us anything. Yeah. Which gives us a sitcom esque feel that is good slice of life tv it's cozy but it's not compelling drama i i once again i propose that this season is a transitionary season yeah and jeff is not helping jeff trying to first of all feeling like he's completely checked out is abhorrent but also like the times he has been checked in he's trying to get them to like be hollywood people he's trying to get them to to give them clips that will end up on tmz for big fights and that's not who these people are and so he just kind of went all right then i'm just not gonna do anything then fine fuck you guys i would love to see this same cast in a modern season yeah and see how differently it would appear yeah i'm wondering now knowing where survivor goes just in the 40s if they learned lessons from this season that were the wrong lessons Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that they learned lessons of like okay so we need more like we need 
to cast more characters, not realizing that actually normal people can be really interesting. You just did a bad job editing. Yeah. And storyboarding. I'm going to move us forward for time, but cool. your protagonist of the episode? Uh, yeah. It, <laughs> I'm going to do a split one because it's it, honorary is Rory again. Because, like, how could it not be? This whole fucking season's about Rory somehow. They'll be talking about him at Final Tribal for some reason. They'll be like, and I just want to get rid of Rory so bad for so long. <laughs> I, an icon, an absolute icon. Um, The actual protagonist of the episode is probably Twyla. I would agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we give her the position of swing vote. There isn't just, there just isn't a lot that happens this episode. Yeah. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Yep. And Rory, I actually feel like could do. Well, okay. I feel like position-wise, he probably is an er- an early jury person most of the time. There's not a whole lot of reason to get rid of him before the merge, despite everyone wanting to. <laughs> like, that's just kind of how the the chips fell. It doesn't, despite, like, the one episode where we got the lazy black man edit, that doesn't really seem to have been the case. Right. It also could be a chemistry issue where, like, his tribe just didn't value the type of work that he was doing. Sure. You always run a risk of that. But he's also kind of unreliable. He he doesn't have the greatest social game. He does let his temper get the best of him. And he has these stupid, convoluted plans that make no sense. <laughs> so, like, you know who he is? He's Wile E. Coyote. He has all of these intricate plans to catch the Roadrunner, which in this case is not get voted off. And nine times out of ten, they blow up in his face. Ten times out of ten, they blow up in his face. And he doesn't make his position any better. <laughs> So, like, the odds that it would blow up in his face sometime around the merge or after the merge seem very high. Okay. All right. For that, I will say it's much more variable. Like, he could be – he's probably never going to be the first vote in a season. He could be the second. He could make it to final five. He has a really wide range of outcomes because he's building the bomb, and it's going to blow up. I don't know when, though. But we're going to build it. Okay. And then finally, your winner pick. We are at the merge. <sighs> the camera is trying to tell me that it's Chris. Really? The camera's trying to tell me that, it, yes, we're, he, we're seeing him doing the most wheeling and dealing. We are spending all the time with the men. Maybe the camera's trying to tell me it's Sarge, but I don't believe you. <laughs> like, I just, <laughs> I, I, I don't really believe it with Chris either. The women are in a really good position, and I also think that narratively, the show could be trying to go for, look, Eliza was terrible. She got better. So for that, I'm going to say, I think it's Eliza. Okay. Yeah. All right. Then we'll lock it in, write it down on a piece of paper, bring it back later. Cool. Bumper. <laughs> That'll do it for this episode of the Survivor Trading Back Time podcast. Jared, always a pleasure. Uh, always fun, even when I even when it's a hard season to talk about. Yeah. Congratulations to we just crowned a new soul survivor ah. last Wednesday. It was fun. It was one of those where I w- it wasn't who I was rooting for, but it was the correct choice. Ah, okay. And <laughs> the one I was rooted for got fucked over so many times. It's kind of the Rory problem where there were so many intricate plans and so many good moves that just never worked. <laughs> and it was so funny every single time. That's great. Yeah. Anything you'd like to promote today? I would like to promote Dungeons & Dragons. Oh, nice. We've been talking about it a lot. I really like D&D. Yeah. I'm excited to play again after the holidays. You missed a good session. 
Oh, really? I killed everyone with a fireball. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. Like every single Not every single character? one. Uh, two of them. Uh, two of the five. Uh, like straight up dead. Dead, dead. Immediately. Uh, they had to go. The whole session changed to people going and finding uh, someone to use Revivify within 24 hours, um, <laughs> because they because the module we're running decided at level two that they, you guys should fight a cultist uh, in a 15 by 15 room that had access to third level spells. One of those being Fireball, and the cultist had two health left, and so it decided to be a suicide bomber because of course it would. It's a cultist of a death god. I think I can just hear everyone checking out. The, who are not into D and D, but I I followed what you're saying, and that's really funny. Yeah, yeah. I didn't ask how big the room was. I said I cast fireball. <laughs> Yay! Okay. What, what about you, Stephen? I'm going to promote. I don't know. Just time. Take your free time. Enjoy your free time. What free time? You don't have free time. I don't. I am about to go do two shows today. Gross. And yeah, so enjoy your free time while you have it. Take this if you have a break. Enjoy your break. Spend some time. But remember to do things for you. Yeah. We'll probably have one episode this week. Yep. I don't know if that. One, one episode. I can we're, I can guarantee that this, this episode's coming out on Christmas Day. We won't have an episode on Thursday. Hopefully we can get one for Monday as well. It just kind of depends on timing. Yeah. Yeah. For my co-host, Jared, this is Steven. For my host, Steven, this is Jared. You guys are great. I love you guys. Thank you for sticking with us, even through the rough seasons. Yeah. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.